The Arabian Nights, the 127th night. The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O king, that the steward told the king of China that the young man said, The caliph said to the eunuchs, Open this chest so that I may see what is in it. But the young lady said, O oh my lord, open it in the presence of the lady Subaida, for that which is in it is her secret, and she is more particular about this one than all the other chests. When the caliph heard her explanation, he ordered the eunuchs to carry the chests inside, and two of them came and carried the chest in which I was hiding, while I could hardly believe that I was still alive. As soon as the chest was inside the harem, where my friend lived, she rushed in and, opening it, said, Get out quickly and take this stairway upstairs. I stood up and climbed out of the chest, and hardly had she closed the lid and I climbed the stairs, when the eunuchs came in with the other chests, followed by the caliph. Then they opened everything again before him, while he sat on the chest where I had been hiding. Then he got up and went into the harem. All this time I sat with my mouth dry from fear until the young lady came upstairs and said to me, There is no longer anything to fear. Be cheerful and wait until the Lady Zubaida comes to see you and you may be fortunate and win me. I went downstairs and as soon as I sat down in a small hall there came in ten maids like moons and stood in two rows and they were followed by twenty high-bosomed virgins with the Lady Zubaida, who could hardly walk under the weight of her dresses and ornaments. When she drew near, the maids dispersed and brought her a chair on which she sat. Then she cried out to the girls, who in turn cried out to me, and I advanced and kissed the ground before her. She motioned me to sit down, and I sat down before her as she conversed with me and I answered her questions about my condition. She was pleased with me, and finally said, By God, I have not raised this girl in vain. She is like my own child, a trust committed to you by God. Then she bade me stay for ten days in the palace. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? twenty-eighth night. The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard that the steward told the king of China that the young man said, I stayed in the palace ten days and nights without seeing the young lady. Then the lady Zubaida consulted the caliph about the marriage of her waiting woman, and he gave permission and assigned ten thousand dirhams for that purpose. Then the Lady Zubaida sent for the judge and witnesses, and they drew up the marriage contract, performed the ceremony, and for ten days thereafter 
celebrated our wedding with sumptuous meals and sweets. At the end of the ten days, the young lady entered the bath. In the meantime, they set before me the supper tray, and as there was among the dishes a great platter of ragout, cooked with pistachio nuts, white sugar, rose water, and cumin, I did not hesitate, but, by God, fell upon the ragout and ate until I was satisfied. Then I wiped my hands, for God had willed that I should forget to wash them. I sat until it grew dark, when they lit the candles, and all the musicians and singing women of the palace came in a procession, beating the tambourines and singing all kinds of melodies and songs. They kept parading from room to room, displaying the bride and receiving gifts of money and pieces of silk, until they made the round of the whole palace and brought her to my room. They disrobed her and left her with me. But no sooner did I enter the bed with her and embrace her, hardly believing that she was mine, than, smelling the ragout spiced with cumin on my hand, she let out such a loud scream that the maids rushed in from all sides and stood around her, while I sat alarmed and trembled from fear, not knowing why she had screamed. The maids asked her, "'Sister, what is the matter with you?' She replied, "'Take this madman away from me!' I got up, afraid and bewildered, and asked her, "'My lady, what makes you think me mad?' She replied, "'Madman, didn't you eat the ragout spiced with cumin without washing your hands? By God, I will punish you for it! Shall the like of you consummate marriage with one like me, with a hand smelling of ragout spiced with cumin?' Then she yelled at the girl, saying, "'Throw him to the ground!' And they threw me to the ground, and she took a braided whip and fell with it on my back and buttocks until her arm was tired. Then she said to the girls, "'Take him and send him to the chief of the police, so that he may cut off the hand with which he ate the ragout without washing it and sparing me the stench!' When I heard this, still smarting from the blows, I said to myself, there is no power and no strength save in God the Almighty, the Magnificent. What a calamity! What a great calamity! Did I suffer such a painful beating? And will my hand be cut off just because I ate the ragout spiced with cumin and forgot to wash my hands? May God curse this ragout and its very existence! But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? Twenty-ninth night. The following night, Shahrazad said, It is related that the steward told the king of China that the young man said, The girls interceded with her, saying, Our lady, this man does not know your worth. Forgive him for our sake. But she said, He is a madman, and I must punish his hand, so that he may never again eat the ragout without washing it. 
when the girls interceded again and kissed her hand, saying, Our Lady, for God's sake, don't blame him for what he forgot to do. She yelled at me, cursed me, and went away and they followed her. She was gone for ten days, during which a maid brought me food and drink every day and informed me that the lady was not feeling well because I had eaten the ragu without washing my hands. I was very much amazed and burst out with anger, saying to myself, What a cursed temper! Adding, There is no power and no strength save in God the Almighty the Magnificent. When the ten days passed, the maid brought me the food and informed me that the lady was going to the bath, adding, Bear her anger patiently, for tomorrow she will come to you. When the lady finally came in, she looked at me and said, May God shame you. Couldn't you be patient even for one moment? I will not make peace with you until I punish you for eating the ragu without washing your hands. Then, crying out to the girls who surrounded me and bound me, she took out a sharp blade and, coming up to me, cut off my two thumbs, as you people can see for yourselves, and I fell into a swoon. Meanwhile, she sprinkled the wounds with powder and a store of drugs to stop the flow of blood, and when the blood stopped, the maids gave me wine to drink. As soon as I opened my eyes, I said to her, I pledge to you that I will never again eat ragu spiced with cumin without washing my hands one hundred and twenty times. The lady replied, Bravo! and made me take an oath to that effect. So when the food was brought in here, and I saw the ragu spiced with cumin, I turned pale and said to myself, It was this dish that was the cause of cutting off my thumbs. So when you forced me to eat of it, I had to fulfil the oath. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said to her sister Shahrazad, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me? and lets me live. The 130th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, It is related that the steward told the king of China that the guests asked the young man, What happened to you after that? And he said, when my wounds healed and I recovered, she came to me and I slept with her. Then I spent the rest of the month with her in the palace until I began to feel depressed. And she finally said to me, Listen, the Caliph's palace is no place for us to live. The Lady Zubaydah has given me 50,000 dinars. Take some money with you and go and buy us a good house. Then she gave me 10,000 dinars and I took them and went out and bought a beautiful house. Then she moved in with me, and for many years we lived like kings until she died. This then is the cause of the cutting off of my thumbs and the washing of my hands. After we ate, the party ended and we departed, 
and afterward I had my adventure with the hunchback. The king of China said, By God, this is not more amazing than the story of the roguish hunchback. Then the Jewish physician rose and, kissing the ground before the king, said, O oh my lord, I have a story to tell which is more amazing than this one. The king said, Let us hear it. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this, compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 131st Night The Jewish Physician's Tale The Young Man from Mosul and the Murdered Girl The following night, Shahrazad said, It is related, O King, that the Jew said, O King of the Age, the most amazing thing that ever happened to me occurred when I was studying medicine in Damascus. One day a Mamluk from the house of the governor came to take me there. I went to the house, and when I entered, I saw lying on a bed at the upper end of the hall a sick young man, so handsome that I have seen none handsomer. I sat at his head and offered a prayer for his recovery, and he responded by making a sign with his eyes. I said to him, My lord, give me your hand, and may you recover speedily. He put forth his left hand. And I wondered and said to myself, By God, it is strange that such a handsome young man of such a high family should lack good manners. How very strange! I felt his pulse and wrote him a prescription, and for ten days I couldn't visit him until he recovered and I took him to the bath. Then, when I came out, the governor bestowed on me a robe of honour and appointed me superintendent of the hospital. But when I was with him in the bath, which was cleared for our private use, and the servants and valets came in and took off his clothes, I saw that his right hand had been recently cut off, and realised that this was the cause of his illness. When I saw this, I was filled with amazement, worry and sorrow for him. I looked closely at his body and saw marks of beating with rods for which he had used ointments, drugs and plasters, leaving only faint traces on the sides. As my worry increased and began to show on my face, the young man looked at me and, reading my thought, said, Doctor, don't wonder about my case. I will tell you my strange story at the appropriate time. Then we washed and, returning to the house, ate some boiled food and rested a while. Then the young man said to me, Would you like to go for a walk in the Damascus Gardens? I replied, Yes, I would. He bade the servants take a few necessities, in addition to a roasted lamb and fruits, and we went to the gardens, where we enjoyed the sights for a while, then sat to eat. When we finished, 
they offered us some sweets, and after we had some, I was about to open the subject when he anticipated me and said, Doctor, I am a native of Mosul. When my grandfather died, he left behind ten sons, of whom my father was the eldest. When they grew up, all ten got married, and God blessed my father with me, but did not bless his nine brothers with any children. So I grew up among my uncles. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? thirty-second night. The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O king, that the Jewish physician told the king of China that the young man said, I had grown up and reached manhood when one Friday I went with my father and my uncles to the Mosul Mosque. After we performed the Friday prayers and the people went out, my father and my uncles sat in a circle talking about the wonders of foreign lands and the marvels of various cities, until they mentioned Cairo, and one of my uncles said, Travellers say that there is nothing on the face of the earth fairer than Cairo. And from that moment I longed to see Cairo. Another disagreed, saying, It is Baghdad that is paradise and the capital of the world. But my father, who was the eldest, said, he who has not seen Cairo has not seen the world. Its dust is gold, its women dolls, and its Nile a wonder, whose water is sweet and refreshing, and whose clay is soft and cool. As the poet said, Enjoy today the flooding of your Nile, whose waters on you their riches bestow. The Nile is but the tears I shed for you, a boon which from my blighted eyes does flow. If you saw its gardens, adorned with flowers and ornamented with all kinds of blossoms, if you saw the Nile Island with its many lovely sights, and if you saw the Ethiopian pond, your eyes would be dazzled with their wonders. Oh, how lovely is the sight of the green gardens, encircled by the waters of the Nile like chrysolites set in silver sheets. How well the poet put it, who said, Oh, what a day by the Ethiopian pond we spent between the shadows and the light, the water flashing amid the green plants, a sabre in an eye trembling with fright, we sat in a fine garden where the rays embroidered and adorned that lovely sight, a garden woven for us by the clouds, soft carpets made and spread for us to rest as we sat passing the refreshing wine, which of all drugs for sorrow works the best, quaffing deep draughts from large and brimful cups, for they alone can quench our burning thirst. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, Sister, what a wonderful and entertaining story. 
Shahrazad replied. What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 133rd night. The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O king, that the Jewish physician told the king of China that the young man said, My father went on to describe Cairo, and when he finished describing the Nile and the Ethiopian pond, he said, And what is this compared with the observatory and its charms, of which every approaching viewer says, This spot is full of wonders. And if you speak of the night of the Nile flooding feast, open the floodgates of words and release the bow. And if you see Al Raoda Park in the shade of the late afternoon, you will be thrilled with wonder and delight. And if you stand at the river bank when the sun is sinking and the Nile puts on its coat of mail and shield, you will be refreshed by the deep and ample shade and gentle breeze. When I heard this description, my thoughts dwelt so much on Cairo that I was unable to sleep that night. Some time later, my uncles prepared merchandise for a trade journey to Cairo, and I went to my father and importuned him with tears until he prepared merchandise for me too and let me go with them, saying to them, Don't let him go to Cairo, but leave him behind to sell his goods in Damascus. Having provided ourselves for the journey, we set out from Mosul and journeyed until we reached Aleppo, where we stayed for a few days. Then we pressed on until we reached Damascus, which I found to be a pleasant, peaceful and prosperous city, abounding in trees and rivers and birds, like a garden in paradise, and abounding in fruits of all kinds, like one of the gardens in Rudwan. We stayed in one of the caravansaries to my delight, while my uncles sold my goods at a profit of five dinars for each dinar. Then they left me and went on to Egypt, while I stayed in Damascus in a large house known as the House of Sudun Abd al-Rahman, which I rented for two dinars a month. It had a marble hall, a storeroom, an extra room with cupboards, and a fountain with water running day and night. I lived there, spending my money on feasting and drinking, until I had squandered most of it. One day, as I sat at the door of my lodging, there came up a young lady so finely dressed that I have seen none better. I invited her to come in, and could hardly believe it when she actually accepted. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 134th night. The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the Jewish physician told the king of China that the young man said, When she entered, 
I felt bound to honour the invitation, and I went in and closed the door behind us. When she sat and raised her veil and took off her cloak, I saw that she was extremely beautiful, like a painted moon, and her love took hold of my heart. I went out and bought from a special shop a tray of the most delicate foods and fruits, as well as wine and whatever was needed for the occasion. We ate, and when it got dark, I lighted the candles and set up the cups, and we drank until we were drunk. Then I slept with her, and spent the best of nights. In the morning I offered her ten dinars, but she frowned and said, Shame on you, man from Mosul, to think that you could have me for gold or money. Then taking out ten dinars herself, she swore that if I did not take them, she would never come back, saying, Darling, expect me again in three days, between sundown and nightfall, and take these ten dinars to prepare a banquet similar to this. Then she bade me good-bye and went away, taking my heart with her, while I could hardly wait for the three days to go by. On the appointed day I prepared a banquet to my liking, and she came after sundown wearing high wooden shoes, a black headcloth and a bonnet, and exhaling sweet perfumes. We ate and drank and dallied and laughed, and when it got dark I lighted the candles and we drank until we got drunk. Then I slept with her, and when she arose in the morning she gave me ten dinars, and saying, We will meet as usual, went away. Three days later I again prepared a banquet, and when she came as usual we sat and ate and dallied and conversed. When it got dark and we sat to drink, she said, My lord, by God, am I not beautiful? I replied, Yes, by God you are. She said, Will you then allow me to bring with me a young lady who is even more beautiful and younger than I, so that she may play, laugh, and enjoy herself? For she has been sequestered for a long time, and she has asked to go out and spend the night with me. I replied, By God, yes. In the morning she gave me fifteen dinars, and, saying, Buy more provisions, for we will have a new guest when we meet as usual, went away. On the third day I prepared a banquet. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me? and lets me live. The 135th Night The following night Shahrazad said, I heard that the Jewish physician told the King of China that the young man said, Soon after sundown she came with a girl as we had agreed on. I received them with pleasure and delight, and lighted the candles, and when the girl unveiled herself, she revealed a face that redounded to the glory of God, the best of creators. Then we sat down to eat, 
and I kept feeding the new girl while she looked at me and smiled. And when we finished eating and I set the wine and the fruits and sweets before them, I drank with her while she smiled and winked at me as I gazed on her, all consumed with love. My friend, seeing that the girl's eyes were fixed on mine and mine on hers, laughed and asked playfully, My darling, isn't this girl whom I have brought you more beautiful and charming than I? I replied, My God, yes, she is. She asked, Would you like to sleep with her? I replied, Yes, by God, I would like to. She said, After all, she is only a visitor here tonight, while I am always here. Then, girding herself, she rose in the middle of the night and prepared our bed, and I took the girl in my arms and slept with her that night, while my friend prepared a bed for herself in the extra room and slept there alone. When I awoke in the morning, I found myself drenched and thought that I was wet with perspiration. I sat up and tried to rouse the girl, but when I shook her by the shoulders, her head rolled off and I realized that she had been slain. I lost my senses and crying out, oh gracious protector, sprang up and the world began to turn black before my eyes. Then I looked for my friend and when I could not find her, I realized that it was she who out of jealousy had murdered the girl. I said to myself, there is no power, no strength, saving God, the Almighty, the Magnificent. What shall I do now? I thought for a while and finally said to myself, I'm afraid that the murdered girl's family will look for her. No one is safe from the treachery of women. Then I took off my clothes and dug a hole in the middle of the hall and placing the girl with all her jewellery in it, covered it back with earth and replaced the slabs of the marble pavement. Then I put on clean clothes and taking what was left of my money in a small box, locked up the house and left. I took courage, went to the landlord and paid him a year's rent, saying, I'm going to join my uncles in Cairo. Then I paid for my voyage at the king's caravansary and departed. But morning overtook Shahrazad and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night if the king spares me and lets me live? <laughs>